The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to International. National Search Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this month we're talking about expanding your horizons and your search strategies to reach new territories. Joining us is Zef Snap, who is the co-founder and CEO of Altura Interactive, which provides Spanish digital marketing services to international companies looking to expand their reach in Latin America and the United States. And today, Zef and I are going to talk about content localization for expanding globally. But before we hear from Zeph, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the marketing team at Searchmetrics. We are an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise-scale businesses monitor their online presence and make data-driven decisions. And we'd like to invite you, our loyal podcast listeners, to our upcoming webinar, where we'll discuss how SEO and SEM are joining forces to win the SERP. On June 19th, Tyson Stockton, Searchmetrics' Director of Services, and Leslie Tu, Q3 Digital's VP of SEO, will dive into the ways that you can combine your paid and organic search marketing to be more effective together. To register for our SEO and SEM Joining Forces webinar, go to searchmetrics.com slash webinar. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay. On with the show. Here's my conversation with Zef Snap, the co-founder and CEO of Altura Interactive. Zef, hola. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for having me, Benjamin. It's exciting to have you here. It's great to have an expert in globalization, internationalization, translation. There's a myriad of terms that we can talk about for taking a piece of content and making it appropriate for another country. But let's start off by talking a little bit about you. Tell me about your background and about Altura Interactive. So I have about 10 years in search. Altura Interactive is a company that I started when I realized that 
companies were trying to reach international audiences, but didn't have a good provider. Basically, your options were you could either hire an agency that was in the country where you were trying to reach, or you could try and hire like a giant translation agency to do all of the work for you. And what, what I saw is that there was a difference between the quality you were going to get from an agency that was in market and what you were going to get from a translation company. So what we do really is we try and bridge the gap. All of our employees are bilingual so that we understand the messaging and the important aspects of what our clients' marketing programs are. And we take that and we transcreate it. We take the spirit of the same thing, but we turn it into something new for local markets in Latin America. I've been fortunate enough to be recognized uh, by a bunch of organizations that ask to speak at PubCon and MozCon, Content Marketing World, and many other conferences in the U.S. and abroad. So this is not your first rodeo in terms of talking about content, whether we call it translation or localization. I think you use the term transcreation. Let's start off by just defining some of the terms. What, what's the difference between translating content and localizing content? And why do you have a separate term for transcreation? Okay, so, so basically, translation implies that there is a one-to-one relationship in language. Right? I give you a word and that it has a counterpart in another language that means exactly the same thing. But that's just not the way things work. There's nuance to, to the way that language is. And words can even have the same base meaning, but in context will have a, a slightly different meaning, a different intent. So translation is, is sort of kind of the catch-all term for, for taking something and turning it into another language. Localization implies that it's for a specific place, right? So it would be if we were doing uh, something that was just for Guatemala, the Spanish is going to be different than if we're doing something that's meant for the entirety of the Spanish-speaking public in, in the world. So, and, and you know, obviously Spanish is different in Colombia than it is in Mexico. If you've ever watched the show Narcos, which I just finished binging, you'll find that in Colombia, they use the word false when they're addressing someone. Whereas in Mexico, we would say tú or usted. And so, so there, there are some, some differences there. Then the, the third part of this is transcreation. And transcreation really, what it means is that to take the spirit of a thing, but to create something new based on that that's appropriate for the market. So that's really appropriate when you're talking about like more long-form content, it's, it's really important to think about the context of the place that you're trying to reach and the audience that you have. So you might have the same subject, but you might need to add additional information or context for people who don't know as much about the subject you're talking about or who see it in a different way. So there's different levels of contextual relevance when you're going through a internationalization process, right? And, and making sure that your content is appropriate for the right market and the right users that you're talking about, you know, there's different approaches that you can take. It sounds like, you know, if you're just translating it, that's meant to be a universal translation. Localization is a translation for a specific region. And then what you're calling transcreation is really making sure that you're creating really unique content that addresses what the underlying purpose of the original piece of content was, but for a specific market. Right. So basically, like different uh, strategies are appropriate for different situations, right? So if you're Domino's 
and you're setting up your websites for every country in Europe, then you know, you're going to want to make sure that the language in there is localized, right? And you want to make sure that you have the exact language that is necessary for Spain, Portugal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Or another example, I use Latin America a lot because that's where I work, but in Latin America, it's the same thing, right? You want to write in a certain way for one specific market versus another. Uh, translation is appropriate when you're going after uh, a worldwide audience in many cases. Like you're country agnostic, but you're worried about language. And then transcreation is most appropriate when you're trying to, basically when, when you're doing something that's, that's a little bit more targeted. So let's talk about the strategy there. You know, there's different flavors and different levels of depth that you can go when you're trying to repurpose a piece of content in a different country. When you are working with a client that's, you know, expanding into a different region, um, you know, how do you go through the process figuring out, you know, what you can translate sort of on a universal purpose? And what do you actually really have to get into being regionally specific or just rewriting the piece of content altogether? Okay, uh, so we do a lot of groundwork beforehand. My stepfather's a carpenter, and one of his favorite sayings is, measure twice, cut once. And this is really a good description of how we work. So what we try and start with is creating a brief, which we call a style guide. And this is a living document that basically we started by saying, this is your brand voice, this is your brand tone, these are the phrases that you do want to use, these are the ones you want to avoid and sort of give them a baseline. And this is something that we create in the language that we're targeting first, and then it is back translated to English for review. So that way our contact at our client company can look at the style guide and say, they can sign off, right? They can check, right? They go, yep, we agree, this is right. Or they might have feedback. They might say, well, you have suggested that we should speak to people in a more formal tone, and we would actually like to speak to them in an informal tone. Okay, that's fine. You know, they, these actually, and then they might give us, you know, a list of phrases that they prefer not to be used in English, and we try and find their equivalents in in, in Spanish, and, and then send them back. And like I said, this is a living document, so we keep adding to it over time. Any feedback that we get from our clients regarding how things are written or how they're positioned is put there, so that we can agree on the rules of engagement. Once we've done that then it's much easier to get started on the, the specific types of content. The other part then becomes, again, planning, right? Like you're going to look at the website as a whole and, and all the content. You might say, all right, well, you know, you have a bunch of operations manuals. Those you can probably send to a translation company because it's going to be cheaper and the, the quality is less important there because you're really just telling them, well, you know, you put... First, you take the Allen wrench and you screw this thing in and then you, et cetera, et cetera. It's more of a literal translation. Exactly. And then, but then for marketing material and sales material, that's really where transcreation comes into play and where it's really important to take into account context and the local environment. Because like that, this, this is, uh, we, have, we have another saying in Spanish, it's uh, lo, lo barato sale caro. What that means is going cheap, gets expensive. So the idea is if you go cheap on the translation website, which is sales material, trying to get people to buy a product from you based on, on that information, if you have a poor translation or you have errors in the translation or you have pieces that aren't correctly translated or translated at all, then that, that's going to give you a poor user experience and your conversion rate is going to be lower. So it's, it's really important, especially on the pages that attract the most traffic, 
that everything be really tight. So talk to me about the difference in in costs and timing it takes for the various types of translations. When you're going straight to a translation agency and you're looking for a universal transcription, right? A, a one-to-one change from, let's say, English to Spanish. You know, how do you benchmark what the cost is there when you're, I'm using air quotes, but going cheap? Yeah. And then what's the difference for when you're doing something that requires little nuance and a little bit more, you know, personal touch? So with, with translation agencies, they're going to quote you on a per-word basis. And usually it's going to be, you know, somewhere between three and eight cents a word. And, and quite frankly, this is, this is a really horrible way to, to charge people because what you're emphasizing is the speed and the quantity of what they're going to do, not so much the quality. So what you end up getting is you may get it relatively fast, but the product itself is not always going to have the context and the nuance that you want. We don't charge on a per word basis. We generally prefer to charge on a per hour basis uh, because that, uh, that encourages people to be more concerned with the quality of the output than just getting it done as quickly as possible based on price. And when you're pricing things out, it's important to remember that you know, the, the cheaper options are, are just going to not be as good. And, and so you know, going cheap can be expensive. It's, it's better to spend a little bit more on something if you're really going to make an investment in going after other markets, mm-hmm. then, then to go with the, the cheapest possible option. Not to mention that trans companies usually are very poor at SEO. And so they're not thinking about uh, optimization and keyword research and searcher intent. Right. I think there's probably a time and a place to, to take cheaper options, right? When you just need something. Absolutely. You're, maybe even your terms and conditions, something that people are, are not necessarily reading and you need more of a literal translation. Uh, or, you know, and then there's some times when you, you know, you want something to be a little nuanced. So the price range is roughly three to eight cents. I'm assuming you're talking in USD for a piece of content to be translated at a sort of one translation per language. When you're talking about the trans creation process, when you're not just translating a piece of content word for word, but you're going, you know, market specific and you're rewriting the piece of content specifically to, you know, address the local market. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. 
For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. How do you think about the upcharge in cost? I know it's likely not on a per word basis, but what's the premium you should be paying to make sure that you're getting your content translated the right way for the right market? So there, what I would focus on, the kind of questions that I would ask would be around process rather than, than focusing as much on cost. We found, you know, really like uh, affordable options for certain languages that were just really good because of how they went about their work. And so like I mentioned the, the style guides at the beginning. And like if, if you have these guiding documents, it, it really helps the, the translations period. Like even if you're doing the translation agency. But the, the premium is you're, you're basically looking at about double, right? It's, it's going to be somewhere in the range of you know, that 9 to 15 or 20 cents per word. Mm-hmm. Because really what you're looking for is copywriting in another language rather than a specific translation. And just to go back to something that you mentioned, which I think is totally fair, you said there are situations where it's appropriate to do you know, a cheaper translation or you know, something that's, that's more one-to-one. So some of the situations where that's the case is specifically around product pages. So there's ways to automate... For example, if you run a car dealership and you want all your inventory to show up in English and in Spanish, you can do what is a machine translation for most of the content, basically everything except for the description of the car itself, and it's going to be fine. The same is not true of a blog post or a landing page or a, you know, a sales one. I guess the big question I have, is there a happy medium between the two? Can you do a cheap transcription and then have an editor go through and apply polish? And does that actually, you know, save you time and cost? Can you use, uh, you know, a machine translation and then have an editor rework that content to be appropriate? Well, uh, the answer is usual as it depends. Uh, if, if you're, you know, in the previous example that I used for, you know, say like a, a car dealership, uh, absolutely, right? You use a machine translation, automatic translation, and then you go back through and you edit and improve the text. The same is not true for, for landing pages and for marketing materials. In those cases, sometimes it ends up actually taking longer to adjust the, the cheap translation than it would have been to just do it from scratch in the first place. Talk to me about thinking about the amount of time it takes to translate, not necessarily just a piece of content, but when you're you know, localizing an entire site, you have a, a pretty significant amount of content product pages, home pages, sales pages, marketing pages, you know, the a blog, the whole kit and caboodle. You know, generally how long does it take or how much time should a company earmark on a per market basis to be able to get their site ready for publication? So you're generally looking depending on the size of the site between a month and a quarter to really get started. Now now the the nice thing about this is that these things can happen concurrently, right? There is an increased level of complexity when you go after multiple markets at the same time. But it also means that if you're applying the same standards to multiple languages and, and multiple sites, then everyone's more on the same page. I've actually found that it's harder to do first one language and then do a second language and then do a third language. Sometimes it's just easier to you know, rip it off like a Band-Aid and do four at the same time. And if they're happening concurrently because it's different teams, 
you know, the deliverables are more consistent and gives you, especially if you're like, you know, uh, an agile organization, you know, it gives you kind of a chance to just focus on this for a quarter, get it done, and then move on to the next part of, of the project. So I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of context and, you know, depends on the size of your site. It depends on the regions that you're going to, the languages that you're translating, content volume, and the level of sophistication, the type of content you have. Really, the question is, what's the right way to find the right resources to do translations or or trans creation if you don't have the ability to do this in-house? What are the places where brands should look to find either an agency, a consultant, a service that's in market to be able to translate their content? So the, the first thing is, uh, finding us is really easy. Uh, my email is zeph at alturaterrapty.com. And I have relationships with tons of providers all over the world. And I'm always glad to make referrals. I think actually referrals is one of the most important ways that people find help now, whether it be an agency or a consultant. And, and I think it's actually the best way. When you know that somebody else has had, had a positive experience with a provider, it's going to be the best recommendation you can get. The other thing is that you know there are agencies that that are that are specifically focused on different regions. You know, like, like we're focused on Latin America, but we we also have partners that are focused on specific markets in Germany or in Asia or Russia, et cetera, et cetera. And so, really, the best place is to reach out to your network. And the next best place is, well, the SERPs. If you go out and, and start looking for, for this kind of help, you're, you're going to find that the people who are ranking for these terms are generally going to be doing a better job than the people who aren't. Yeah. So as it turns out, the places to look for are your personal network, LinkedIn, and Google. Not really a huge shocker there, but but also very good advice. I, and I appreciate you offering to to help make connections for the people who are doing localization, even if they're not in Latin America. Any last words of advice for brands that are going through a translation or a transcreation process for the first time? Well, um, plan. Plan as much as you can. A good partner is going to be asking you a lot of questions about your business and about your goals and about where, where you're trying to go and how you're trying to get there. So be prepared. Write briefs. Give them as much information as you can so that they can have the context they need in order to do a good job. Yeah, I think the big takeaway here is that you know when you're going through a translation process, this is not just getting a transcription of a you know a podcast, right? You're actually localizing your content and making sure that it's you know relevant to a new audience, to a new group. And so the agencies that you're going to be working with, or the contractors, or you know the in-house resources. The people that you're going to be working with, not just for an hour, not just for a day, it's it's months to quarters, and then there's ongoing maintenance. So build good relationships and you know try to document everything you can as much as you as much as you have the ability to. The only other thing that I would add is we didn't talk about this as it relates to search very much, and I just want to talk about that for just a second. So there are a couple of different things that you need to keep in mind from an SEO perspective. One is setting up your href line correctly. And there's a ton of resources about this online. Aleda Solis has written extensively about it very, very well. So I highly recommend you go out and check out her resources regarding this particular topic. And then the second one is how you're going to set up your site technically, whether you use subdomains, subfolders, or CCTLTs. And there's a great deal of information around this as well. But it's, it's important that you make an informed decision 
for business reasons and SEO reasons, rather than just going, well, you know, whatever you say. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. We, we've already recorded an interview with Aleda, which we're going to publish at the end of this month. And we have a couple other guests that are coming on in Global SEO Stardom Week, which are going to talk about their decisions to go with different top-level domains or subdirectories. So all relevant parts to internationalizing your website. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Zef Snap, the co-founder and CEO of Altura Interactive. If you'd like to hear the second part of our conversation with Zef when we talk about localizing specifically for Latin America, we're going to come back and continue the conversation again tomorrow. For now, we'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Zef, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Zef Snap, Z-E-P-H-S-N-A-P-P. Or you can visit his company's website, which is Altura Interactive, A-L-T-U-R-A-I-N-T-E-R-A-C-T-I-V-E.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions, or if you'd like to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes, or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you're interested in learning more about how to use search data to boost your organic traffic, online visibility, or to gain competitive insights, head over to searchmetrics.com slash diagnostic for your complimentary advisory session with our digital strategies team. Also, if you're interested in attending our SEO and SEM joining forces webinar, go to searchmetrics.com slash webinar. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning to continue our conversation with Zef Snap, the co-founder and CEO of Altura Interactive. Lastly, if you've enjoyed the show and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for this time. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.